host, Marilyn Boyer, the mom of 14 homeschool kids. I love to encourage young moms, and today we are going to finish our topic of feeling overwhelmed and stressing about homeschooling, but counterbalancing that by remembering why we're doing what we're doing. So last week we got through six reasons. We're going to try to do better today and finish this up. The seventh reason, when you homeschool your kids, you've got an opportunity to develop a strong work ethic. You know, our kids have had to pitch in and work as a team to accomplish what needs to be done. There was no way I could do everything that needed to be done for a large family. I assigned chores. Everyone had to do their part. We, when we had a garden, kids were responsible, certain kids for certain rows in the garden. They would plant it, they'd weed it, they'd water it, they would pick it. Um, and if work didn't get done, we knew who was responsible for that row. But it's been great training and it's paid off. You know, our kids knew that we needed them and we did. There's no way that I could have done everything that needed to be done for a large family myself. Um, you know, Rick was off at work raising money to, to support it and the kids had to do their part and pitch in. Chores were a part of every day, and my kids now are thankful for it because they are not afraid to get out and work and provide for their families. They know how to do that. That was a part of life. So every summer we would reassign chores. I would think, who can best do this chore? I made a list of chores. Who can best do this chore for this year? I would train them in the summer, and they would keep that job for the entire school year. And I've got another session where I go into detail how teaching kids how to do chores. So if you need more help with that, be sure to check out that podcast. Number eight, you have the opportunity to train your kids not to be slaves to peer pressure. You know, I suppose at times we're all tempted to succumb to peer pressure. But being able to be at home as they were growing up, it gave them a stronger confidence in their values when kids are young, it's not the time to test their beliefs. They need the freedom to become solid in what they believe before they head out to face the world. God's word does have the answers. God's word is the only thing that will change bad behavior and provide guidance in life. So you can't just send a little kid out to be a witness to the public schools. You need to ground them and before they're sent out into the world. Reason number nine, the opportunity to explore so many interests beyond a basic high school education. You know, textbooks are only the beginning of an education. Oh boy, <laughs> exploring their interests was a huge part of their education. We were able to cut down on busy work and thereby have the freedom to let them learn about their areas of interest. My youngest child, the day we graduated her from high school, she got her private pilot's license. She was working on that in her high school years. We would interview vets, a lot of them who were pilots that kind of motivated her. Um, we would, my grandkids just recently wrote our newest book, Legacies of Character. They researched people that were an integral part of World War II and some of them they met, some of them they just researched and found out about, and they wrote stories about this to preserve this heritage for others. So they were actually 
authors when they were teens. You know, whatever your kids are interested in, let them do it. Another one of my daughters wanted to be a nurse. She was interested in that. So instead of doing um, physics and, and uh, chemistry, things like that, we let her do first aid and advanced first aid. You know, if you know that your kids have an interest, if you know that they want to do HVAC, let them start studying to be, um, let them start studying courses in HVAC. If you know that they want to be a vet, let them do veterinarian science instead of some of the other sciences. If you know, now some kids you don't know, they don't know what they want to do and they have to explore different things, but if your child knows then let them start when they're in high school. It's amazing. It is the best way to go. And it gives them a head start in life. You can change out traditional subjects for subjects that are fitted to who they are. And again, I've got a whole podcast about that that will help you with that if you need more help. Number 10, I was present to see them and help them work on character weaknesses and individualize their learning. Having your kids around you all day, you can't ignore problems. <laughs> you know, you had to deal with them. And dealing with them was how we developed all our levels of character curriculum, from addressing character needs in our own kids' life. You know, kids learn from and they remember true stories. A major and fun part of how we've trained our kids has been interviewing and researching stories of others who demonstrated godly character in their lives. It sort of puts shoe leather on what you're teaching them to see it illustrated in the lives of others. For instance, I'm going to give you one example. This Portraits of Integrity has 45 character-based stories of real people in history who demonstrated character in their lives. We go through the basic 45 character qualities, and we found a person in history who demonstrated each one of these character qualities so that the kids would see it in action, and they would have a concrete example of how to implement it in their life. I will give you one example. Jake DeShazer we use for forgiveness. He was one of the Doolittle Raiders in World War II. His job was to bomb Tokyo, then he was supposed to land in China, but through a bunch of different um, reasons, they ran out of gas, they crash-landed, they landed in Japan-occupied China. He was captured, he was a prisoner for three and a half years, he was greatly mistreated, um, tortured, but toward the end of that time, one of the prison guards gave them four books. One of them was the Bible. Jake read through the Bible there in his prison cell. He became a Christian. One of the, his fellow prisoners who had died from malnutrition was a Christian and he had watched him die and he had watched the peace that he had in his life and, and it made him want to read the Bible when, when he was given that book. He read through it, he became a Christian there in his cell. It totally changed his attitude. It's totally changed the way he started treating the prisoner, prison guards and all. At the end of World War II, he came back to the States, went to Bible college and then he went back to Japan and he taught, he, witnessed to the very guys that had tortured him and Japanese people, like Japanese people were his mission field. He wrote a track called, I was the prisoner of the Japanese 
Mitsuo Fuchida, the guy that led the raid on Pearl Harbor, got a hold of that track. He read it. He sought out Jake DeShazer. He becomes a Christian, and they go around the company, the country of Japan sharing the gospel, and thousands of Japanese people were saved. Thousands, because one man chose to practice forgiveness. Now, that it just kind of sends shivers up your spine to hear that. That's a true story. That happened. That's what true forgiveness is all about. And you can use that in your kids' lives. It so profoundly illustrates the character quality. There's another book we wrote, Profiles of Valor, that has stories from the War of Independence. And one of them I just want to call your attention to is the fighting chaplain, James Caldwell. And he used creativity. He... I'm going to just read part of this to you. Swinging down from his horse, he dashed into the dim church. Glaring around, he grabbed sacks of hymnals, filling his arms with them. Smoke blew around his face as he raced down the steps to his horse. He could see his wife Hannah's face smiling at him through the smoke of the battle, the baby in her arms, and his three-year-old clinging to her dress. Two weeks ago, Niphausen had landed, bringing his Hessians swarming across the land. They burned the Presbyterian church along with irreplaceable records and sermons. Near Springfield, Caldwell saw smoke mushroom, smoke mushroom suddenly on the horizon. He could hear his own cry, Thank God the fire is not in the direction of my house. But he'd been wrong. As he came closer, he could see his house was burning, and he knew that this was the end of everything he had hoped and dreamed. He galloped on his horse amid smoke and flames. His wife was lying on the ground outside her home. A Hessian soldier had shot her twice through the window as she huddled on the bed with her children. She had thought they will respect a mother, but they had not. <clears throat> now he was in the midst of a battle shortly thereafter, and the soldiers ran out of wadding, which they used. They had to have wadding to make their guns fire. So it says, Now his calm face changed, tired with grief, passion, and energy, as if he was to shed an old coat with the fight. His voice burst over the screams and shots, so powerful the men heard him over the shrill notes of their fife and the pounding of the drums. Splinters from the apple trees whizzed overhead as James Caldwell galloped on horseback, throwing out handfuls of hymnals. Hymnals full of Isaac Watts hymns to the Patriots. Give him Watts, boys, he shouted. Give him Watts. He had gone into the church. He'd grabbed hymnals and told them to tear the pages out and use it for wadding, for his gun. Now, uh, that's creativity. He took the hymnals, he used it for wadding, and they won that battle because they had the wadding for their guns. But there's just, there's so many engaging stories that illustrate these character qualities. Kids remember these stories. And I just kind of briefly gave you a short piece of it. There's a lot more in there. Okay, reason 11. My kids know a lot of scripture. We were able to make it a priority of their education. We made it a priority from the time that they were born to listen to God's word. And you will never regret time spent teaching your kids God's word. If you don't know it, learn it with them. That's what I did. I did not grow up with it. 
and it's powerful for your kids to watch you learning God's word with them. So don't let it be an excuse that you don't know it. Learn it with them. You know, search it out yourself. Reason 12, we were able to teach our kids truth and not to have to undo historical revisionism, tolerance training, exposure to ungodly theories taught in government schools. I think this is why so many of my kids have a passion for freedom. We were able to find and teach our godly heritage in America, and it's inspired my kids to protect their freedom. A couple of history books that Master Books had us write, one of them is The Fight for Freedom, and in this, we found out what a godly heritage we have. And it's not being taught in the schools anymore. To write these two history books, we used books that were public school textbooks in the 1800s. And the stories in these books, we had multiple textbooks. And they tell the same stories. Our grandparents and great-grandparents all knew these stories. Everyone did. But nobody knows them anymore. And we wanted to put them back in circulation so that kids can hear about them. And just here's one, one story in this entire huge book. Buttons for General Washington. Lydia heard things from officers who came and went in the neighborhood. She heard something she thought Washington should know. She sent him a message. She had a clever way of doing this. Lydia's husband would write the message in code. He would write it on small papers, on small pieces of tiny of paper, tiny pieces of paper. Lydia would wrap the paper around large coat buttons. I don't know if you remember buttons or if you've ever seen buttons that had covers. I remember my mom making us some clothes that had button covers. She'd put the covers on them. After that, she would sew cloth over the buttons and sew them on her son's coat. They looked just like any other cloth covered buttons. Her son John was only 14 years old, but he was already an important spy messenger. He would slip out of the city and try not to be seen by the British. If the British sentries caught him, they would let him go. He was only a boy. So John would go to the American camp and find his older brother, Charles. Charles would cut open the buttons, read the code, and write out the message for General Washington. The British never caught the Dara family spies. Now that's one story. There's so many stories in here. This is stuff that everybody knew about. Do your kids know about Caesar Rodney, Matt Anthony Wayne, Francis Marion, Daniel Boone, George Rogers Clark, John Hancock, John Hart, John Sevier, Sam Adams, Paul Henry, Colonel William Moultrie, Isaac, uh, Israel Putnam. There's ministers in here too. You know, these are stories that need to be preserved, that your kids need to know so that they can appreciate the freedom that we inherited in this country. So many people sacrificed so much for our freedom. We are responsible to teach our kids that and it will inspire them to get out of their comfort zone and to do what they can do to protect freedom we have in this country. Reason 13, my kids learn to stand alone and to defend truth. You know, being homeschooled gave them a lot more opportunities for this. We faced a lot of opposition, especially in the early years, but it only made us evaluate what we were doing and why, and it made everyone stronger. You get to choose what you expose your children to. To me, truth and a love for God's word was my main goal in homeschooling my children. I didn't have to teach them evolution, pseudo-psychology, or tolerate sinful lifestyles. I had to unlearn much of what I'd learned being taught in school and going to college. 
I never had my kids read some of the classics, the ones that were written by transcendentalists and atheists. If we expose our kids to truth, they will grow up being able to recognize falsehood. So you get to choose what you program into your child's minds. Reason 14, their time wasn't wasted with learning things that they'll never have use for. That's the beauty of homeschooling. If it's not something your kids will ever need to know, don't teach it to them. If it is, do. But you can be the master of the books, not the other way around. You are free to follow God's leading on how to teach each individual child. What one child needs may not be something another child will need. What works for one may not work for all, and in my family it didn't. You know, my kids were different. But you're free to decide what's best for them. If you need more help with this, I have another podcast, Setting Them Free. Um, I think it's called My Kids Hate School, Setting Them Free with Passion Driven Learning. But you can check that out. Reason 15, we're drawing to an end here. You as mom can study each child and see what their God-given passions are. You can teach to who God made them to be. Sure, there are some things we all need to know. Basic math, we need to learn to communicate with others, we need to learn sentence structure, but there's so much space and time for plugging in learning that will let your kids be far ahead in becoming who God created them to be. I loved watching interest develop in my kids and getting supplies or books or materials to let them explore those unique interests that they had. You know, there are no average kids. Every child is unique creation of God and you get to be present as God unveils year by year who your child really is. I loved it. It was my goal to make my kids successful in whatever they chose to pursue not to make them into whatever the government schools deemed every child needed. You know, I miss homeschooling my kids. I miss sitting with my arm around them as they stumbled through phonics and learning to read. I loved reading to them in their area of interest, even if it wasn't my interest. Like one of my sons was very slow in reading, but he was interested in hunting white-tailed deer. And I would spend a lot of time reading to him about hunting white-tailed deer, not an interest of mine. But I loved every minute of investing in their little lives. I loved trying to find ways to help them understand concepts that were hard for them to grasp. And I loved being there to watch that light come on in their eyes when they finally understood there's nothing like it. Lastly, you have time to encourage them. Savor the season that you're in because it ends quickly. You know, I loved encouraging them to try experiments or being creative, even when I knew what they wanted to try wasn't going to work. You know, that's what learning is all about. It's being free to investigate and try things. Failure is just a natural stepping stone to success. You need to be their cheerleader. The world won't do it. Encourage them to be all they can be. In Legacies for Character, it's one of the books that my grandkids wrote, there's a story about George Rogers, who is a survivor of the Bataan Death March. He had forgiveness. When he was released from the prison camp, they thought that he was crazy because he didn't hate the Japanese. He said they were doing what they had to do. We had to do what we had to do. You know, you can, you can teach things that are meaningful to your kids. 
I loved being the juggler. I loved being the coach, the one who supervised their learning process. Yes, I felt overwhelmed pretty much every day, but seeing them excited over achieving made it worth every minute of it. Sure, I felt like I was stretched like a rubber band in so many directions. I often felt like things just weren't seeking it, sinking in, character training, manners, or even math, you know. But consistency works, and God's word never returns void. Any time you spend teaching God's word to your kids will never be wasted. I found they need to get it into their minds first, and later it works down in their hearts as they learn to meditate on truth. They learn to feed their minds with truth and God's word. Now, I have not come close to telling you all the reasons that I loved homeschooling my kids. I've just listed a few. But know this. This season of their life is going to end for you one day. Probably a lot sooner than it did for me, having had 14 to homeschool. But remember, you are not going to get this time back. Sure, it's hard. Sure, it's time-consuming. Sure, it's demanding. But look for the sweetness. Focus on the benefits. Tune into the blessings and learn to embrace this season of life. Homeschooling is a privilege. Homeschooling is a blessing beyond description. And if God has called you to it, he will supply you with the grace and the creativity that you need to do it. Remember to look to him daily and be grateful for the opportunity to delight in your kids. God is just waiting for us to cry out to him for wisdom, and he is waiting to give it to us. So do that. You know, depend on the Lord. As you do that, your kids will see you doing it, and you will be giving them a powerful lesson. And just savor the season that you're in because it gets over quickly. It does not seem it. You know, day to day, it seems like, oh, the days are so long. This day is never going to end. But the season of homeschooling your kids is going to end. You won't get that time back. So make good use of it. Make good use of it. Make time for the fun things. Make time to enjoy being your kid's parent. And build the memories today that you want your kids to have of you tomorrow and of your home. Build the kind of home that your kids are going to want to come back to when they're adults. So God bless you. Just I hope this has been helpful to you because we can get lost in the busyness. We can get lost in getting the work done, getting this assignment done, learning how to divide in math or learning how to um, do sentences like capitalization, punctuation. But don't let that overwhelm you. Remember to focus on what's really important, what's going to matter in eternity. And God bless you. I hope you enjoy this school year. We'll see you next week.